Hello, welcome to the new Private Wireless podcast series from Enterprise IoT Insights. My name is James Blackman. This podcast series is brought to you with Nokia and will, over the course of four episodes, look at key aspects of private cellular covering uh, both LTE and 5G. Last time out, we looked at the cost of deploying private wireless for enterprises and heard how these localized cellular-based solutions outrun traditional OT networking technologies in terms of performance and also often in terms of their total cost of ownership. Today's episode takes the conversation backwards somewhat and looks really at the key considerations for enterprises looking to enable digital transformation with private cellular and these are essential pre-purchase considerations to be decided before the cost of, own, of, of before the cost of the solution is even worked out. Uh, and we will look at types of coverage, types of supplier, uh, spectrum issues, types of network architecture and designs. So there is a lot to think about and a lot to get through. So let me introduce again, Stefan Doble, Head of Marketing for Enterprise Solutions at Nokia. Stefan, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, James, and thanks for welcoming me today. So Stefan, if we go through this decision-making process quite kind of systematically, let's you know, start with the type of network coverage that is needed to connect critical OT in the industrial space and whether it is essentially, I guess, geared to connect people and processes and machines in defined locales, or whether it is for wider area mobility and broader regional or kind of national coverage. Just if you can, Stefan, talk to me through that kind of first consideration. Yeah, thanks, James. That's, that's indeed very important uh, that we, you know, talk about the fact that the enterprise have a need for, you know, what we call critical OT connectivity, both within their location, but there are also quite a few segments that need uh, this kind of wireless critical connectivity, uh, you know, in the wide area as well, when, uh, you know, some of their trucks, for example, are driving around or when you've got some fixed asset uh, out in the field that you need to connect as well. So there are segments, uh, you know, for example, airports, ports, or even mining, uh, where, you know, most of the, the needs are around the industrial site itself. Um, while you've got, you know, other, you know, companies like take logistics company, for example, that need connectivity, you know, in their warehouses, for example, and distribution centers, uh, but also on a nationwide level. So, so you have effectively, uh, you know, sort of industrial site need, and then you've got, uh, you know, the, the wide area network uh, connectivity need. And then, you know, when you look at the wide area network connectivity need, um, we also need to differentiate certain segments. Uh, take utility, for example, or the rail industry, uh, where they have what, what's often called field area network, where effectively they need connectivity uh, out in the field, but realistically only limited to, to the place where they have assets. So, you know, for the utilities, for example, the power utility, that would be connectivity that follows the, the grid, effectively, the, the, the power lines. And for the case of the rail, that would be connectivity that's uh, just following the tracks. Uh, and in that sense, those are, can be considered a site, but realistically they are, you know, in the wide area network. Um, so that's why they often call field area network. Um, so these are the kind of different, probably the, the three different kind of environments we, we need to look at. And generically, and um, you know, private wireless networks are the most suited solution when it's come to industrial sites. And, you know, we'll talk about that a bit, probably a bit later on today. Uh, 
um, while you know when you take a look at the need for wide area coverage outside uh, using a slice of a mobile operator public network may actually be more suited and, and more economical when it comes to wide area uh, network connectivity like you know the, the case of a, a logistician that wants uh, you know tracking of the delivered trucks for example um, but at the same time you know going back to field area networks we have you know seen quite a few cases in the past of what we call will be really large private wireless deployments that for example tackles this field area network needs so connectivity that goes along the track uh, of rail networks, for example. Um, so, but anyway, internet net, when you look at the wide area network connectivity, there's quite a few factors that comes into play, like the level of criticality. Uh, you know, for example, a smart city may find uh, better to use a, a public network for the parking meter communication uh, because they're a bit less critical, whereas a power utility uh, may favor a private wireless network to monitor the grid as it's a bit more critical and can even lead to fire like we've seen in California uh, you know, two years ago. Right, okay, so there is this consideration up front about local area versus wide area coverage and about uh, kind of field area networking somewhere in between. Let's zoom in, Stefan, if we can, on these local area cases just because, you know, that is the heartland for private cellular um explain explain again for me why private wireless is the best choice for connecting critical processes and things in these industrial sites uh, and why not go with a slice of the public 5g network say yes definitely so well when, when you take a look at private wireless and why we feel uh, and you know the experience has shown that is better suited for you know uh, industrial sites connectivity is this this couple of key reasons but i would say the first one is you know when you talk to enterprise they have been for the last you know, 20, 50 years used to effectively own their local area networks. That's almost part of their, you know, some of the key assets. Um, and you know, they, they like to be in control of, uh, of the networks, at least be the owner of the equipment uh, that runs those local area networks for the sake of you know, privacy and security. Um, you know, even if it's true that in, in quite a few cases, some companies outsource the management operation of it, but a bit less when it comes to effectively the, the local area networks that runs the OT side, the machine side, that's typically typically more kept a little bit in-house. And it's the same with private wireless. When we talk about private wireless, we talk about, you know, uh, OT for business or mission critical application that have even more stringent requirements. And there is a, a general tendency to want to effectively own or, or, and operate those networks. So that's really the first reason. Um, secondly, um, which is kind of a bit more around, you know, performance and while you know, 5G will introduce slicing, uh, enabling to provide a certain control over the performance over a public network. And that would be great for both kind of wide area network critical connectivity we're speaking about, or some of the field area network connectivity. Um, you know, we, with most industrial sites often being in non-urban area, meaning in not very good coverage area, and you know, you, you are still in any cases limited by the laws of physics. So you, you cannot really beat a local deployments that has been designed and, and has devoted solely uh, to connect uh, you know, the, the key elements, uh, whether it's users or system, inside an enterprise location uh, where you may want to have you know, uh, dedicated and deep coverage, for example, indoor. You know, when you've got a, a big wall or a metal you know, shell around the factory, you know, your indoor penetration from outdoor cell will be limited, so you'll want you know, a deep indoor uh, deployment that provides them dedicated connectivity, like in an underground mine, for example. And then generically, you know, uh, latency and capacity are really key for critical connectivity. And again, 
um, you know, you cannot beat having a private wireless network that's solely dedicated to uh, the, the elements you think are essential to run on it. Because even those networks, when they are deployed in the industrial site, will not be used to connect, uh, you know, anybody's laptop. It will be dedicated just for the machines, for the critical sensors and critical workers. So that's really the second point. And then, you know, thirdly, I would say so around you know, reliability and predictability are really key driver uh, when it comes to OT critical applications. And while you know, a slice public network is actually able to provide a good performance, um, and, and that's gonna be very essential when it comes to wide area network connectivity, some of the testing that we have done uh, shows that even with dedicated small cell inside a, an industrial site, but connected you know, back to a public network tend to increase uh, the latency, just simply because there is a, a longer distance between uh, the cell and the core uh, elements. So the cell deployed on site and the core elements deployed, uh, you know, in the operator's uh, locations. And generically, you know, you have also uh, inherently a lowering of reliability just based on the fact you are dependent on a public transport network. So if somebody is somewhere, uh, you know, digging uh, a road, it, it may break up the fiber lines, for example. So you may just lose connectivity because of that. So that's why, you know, probably the key free reason why the enterprise tend to favor private wireless for industrial site versus um, leveraging public networks. Okay, so, so that seem, seems clear. We, 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 we feel like we know and understand the case for private wireless to be deployed in these industrial sites. And the you know, I'd suggest the interest from the industrial sector, you know, in the last 12 months and very much so in the last six months reflects the kind of logic there. Uh, but then the next question is, once you've decided to go private, who do you rope in to supply it? Because there are a whole bunch of players out there. It's not just the traditional telco community anymore. So, you know, Stefan, who are all these suppliers? Just talk us through if you can, you know, what the options are for enterprises in terms of you know, the supply of these private LTE and 5G systems? Yeah, thanks, Jim. Good, good question. And indeed, I mean, like any, you know, growing market, uh, you know, with a lot of potential, I mean, we've got to remember here, that, you know, we are talking about potentially having to deploy private wireless network networks in over 13 to 14 million industrial sites at, at minimum. So there are indeed a lot of players in that space and a lot of uh, new players coming, um, you know, to, to serve that market. Um, and, you know, the first one that probably, you know, started uh, the, the trend actually came from the telecom vendors such as Nokia. And, and Nokia was one of the first to deploy uh, private wireless networks in Australia back in 2015 for Rio Tinto in, a, in an open, uh, in open pit mine. Um, so that this is clearly one of the area where, you know, telecom vendors have felt there was an opportunity uh, in that space. Um, but at the same time, as we go along, uh, you know, already today, Nokia has uh, you know, over 50% of our private wireless customers come from indirect channel. Uh, as you know, many enterprises have very clear preference on who to work with when it comes to choose partner for you know, OT critical connectivity uh, and, and including private wireless. And so this is very likely to grow over time as private wireless become more mass market and we try to address also um, you know, the SME space. So clearly the telecom vendor are one options. Um, the, the second obvious player in that space, as three you would have imagined, uh, are the, the mobile operator or the, the communication service provider that indeed have a lot to offer in that space. Um, you know, they have, you know, Spectrum, which is an important part of the, of the puzzle. And they also have the expertise in running and managing uh, such, you know, 4G and 5G networks uh, for our mobile subscription that we use every day. Uh, they've already got good existing and relationship with the enterprise space. 
so they you know they have clearly you know uh, the sales channels to this market but they also uh, you know have this ability to offer that critical connectivity nationwide that we talked about for for wide area networks so in some specific segment that makes them really the prime uh, you know the, the prime player uh, because they can offer both the sites connectivity as well as the wide area network connectivity and then finally you have quite a few of them that have a dedicated business arm like uh, for example Verizon AT&T or Orange who Nokia work with uh, who already provide you know uh, enterprise IT and system integration and LAN services to those enterprise so for them it's just an additional offering that they can offer to their uh, the end customers so that's the CSP side and we expect them to be a, a, a big a big player in that space with more and more um, operators deploy you know developing an offer around private wireless then you also have uh, you know the other range of you know let's say communication service provider that more coming from the IT or the cloud space um, while also looking at the opportunity to provide private wireless, you know, companies like Microsoft, who Nokia has a partnership with, uh, effectively deploy a lot of edge cloud uh, servers within enterprise to run some of the Azure IoT uh, range of solutions. And they also offer as part of the, uh, the edge cloud catalog, uh, an application to run, for example, Nokia digital automation cloud uh, solution as well. So they can also offer private wireless and they're starting uh, to do so more and more then you know some of the the survey that we've done and the, the experience we have from a lot of industrial um, uh, enterprise also show they have a big trust in in, in ecosystem uh, players but also system integrator um, where they, they, they tend to favor eventually buying complete end-to-end -end solution that also integrate you know the element of network connectivity into it so for example you know um, you know there are there are some very key applications that are enabled by private wireless where effectively private wireless is a key component of the total offering so if you take for example the mining space uh, as an example or even in the ports industry you know autonomous uh, haulage autonomous trucks autonomous you know straddle carrier for example uh, are one of those key applications that helps boost uh, the efficiency of those industry and, and we, are, we, we sometimes deploy private wireless via the system integrator that is effectively taking care of enabling autonomous truck in that mine or in that port as well. So these are an, another channel to market. And for example, in manufacturing space, that's also uh, you know, a place where they trust a lot the system integrator for the, the critical um, you know, network connectivity of the machine. So that could be another, an, another channel to market. In addition to that, um, a, a bit more recently, we've also seen a lot of um, IT players or IT system integrator uh, that also wants to be involved uh, in that market. You know, take a couple of examples, Accenture or DXC, who are also Nokia partner, uh, are offering Nokia private wireless solutions to their customer. And then finally, you know, we have plenty of other, you know, um, maybe distributors, SIs and consulting firms that are all you know interested in the in a private wireless because it it's it's a key enabler for industry 4.0 and it's again something that they have uh, you know for the consulting firm something they can bring value when they are consulting with uh, with companies so when we are working for example like with company like Ernst and young uh, you know for example in the manufacturing space okay very good so we know there are lots of choices in terms of suppliers and things to recommend each of them but uh, you know uh, what, what else do we need to think about here? Because there, there are other things to consider. You know, behind all of this, there is, of course, this question of access to spectrum as well. Just, Stefan, if you can talk about that a little bit and how that market's changed. 
Yeah, definitely. And, and, and there is indeed a, a link uh, between who you get your, you know, your private wireless spectrum from and uh, your, your private wireless network from and, and, and the spectrum also. Uh, so, you know, the choice of partner, you also need to consider, you know, um, the spectrum aspect. You know, as we talked about, you know, the CSP, obviously one of the, the key player to, to come with spectrum, let's put it that way. Uh, but so looking back at spectrum, so in some market, um, there are more and more countries that are now releasing spectrum that vertical can access and use. Uh, and you, you can take as example, uh, France, that was really one of the first one to release spectrum for vertical, the UK, Germany, or even US with CBRS. So in those market, uh, and there's quite a few more that I mentioned, you have basically all the choice possible. You can go and work in any of those partners we talked about before, and, and even actually CSP are also building their offer, uh, like you've seen with the, you know, with, with the AT&T announcement, really, with the use of CVRS. So even the operator can use those vertical spectrum to serve private wireless market. Um, so in those markets, you can basically work with almost anybody. But in the market that have not yet released vertical spectrum or where the vertical spectrum may not be fitting, you, you're probably going to have to work with a partner that can bring spectrum. And obviously the obvious ones, as we talked about, are the mobile operator. Uh, Nokia has also, as part of his uh, you know, private wireless offering, has quite a bit of sponsorship with many uh, spectrum uh, owner. Uh, so effectively, we're able to bring spectrum and the solution. Um, but you know the alternative in those market is either you work with you know companies that have spectrum or you need to look at using private wireless that works in unlicensed spectrum for example the wi-fi 5 gigahertz spectrum uh, using a technology called multifire that allows the, the operation of lte 4.9g in the wi-fi spectrum meaning you can just deploy it without asking anybody without uh, even signing a form for you know uh, like with the vertical spectrum news um, and while you know there'll be a few you know limitation on multifire you still get most of the benefit of lte and 4.9g when it comes to security mobility capacity predictable latency uh using the technology that could be a good approach as well okay so it feels like we're getting somewhere uh, stefan we it feels like we're better positioned you know to make a decision about where to deploy this stuff and with whom but but once those things are out of the way once the the type of coverage the availability of spectrum the choice of partners uh, are, are, have been dealt with what, what are we left with because there is there is a technical decision to make as well right about the about the solution itself just just uh, just talk us through the main options there yeah you're right james i mean once you've covered spectrum and uh, you know where you can get private wireless from you know like any other you know, networking technologies, there, there's, very, there's different ways to create a private wireless network. And while, you know, it's always challenging to cover uh, kind of architectural kind of discussion uh, on, a, on a discussion like this, uh, let's maybe try to cover the key principle and approaches, knowing that there's obviously a lot of different possible approach. So the, the first part, um, let's, let's tackle that piece because that's probably the easiest, is, is the radio aspect. So effectively, you know, to create the dedicated coverage um, in the industrial sites, uh, you often have uh, indoor and outdoor spaces that you want to cover and even rugged areas or, or more challenging hazardous area in the indoor space as well. So in, in any case, private wireless use uh, what we call small cell BTS or sometimes called access point. And these small cell, they're not very dissimilar to what, uh, you know, everybody's familiar with in terms of Wi-Fi access point when it comes to the size and the shape of it, they are, you know, uh, typical gray boxes 
you know, ranging from, you know, uh, two liters to 10 liters, let's say. But they are uh, quite a bit more sophisticated than, than Wi-Fi when it comes to both capacity, capability, performance, but also much, much, much higher coverage, as we talked about on the, on the previous podcast. Um, and, and typically, you'll need, uh, even in the indoor space, about uh, one-tenth the number of uh, LTE small cells to get similar coverage than Wi-Fi, which means you need 10 times less. In outdoor space, uh, this is where, again, the, the benefit of, uh, of LTE 4.9G and license spectrum means you can have small cells that provide higher output power and give you the ability of covering you know, several kilometers worth of coverage and, and even more uh, in the tens of 20 kilometers for uh, you know, even bigger small cell that we call often mini macro BTS. And that means that you can, for instance, you know, cover very large um, surface mining operation, ports, uh, harbors, or, or even offshore wind farms with only a couple of outdoor small cells. So that's the baseline. So your private wireless network start with a radio, with radio deployed strategically to provide the good and deep coverage that you need for your operation, even connecting you know, sensors inside machines and trucks, and that's done with radios. Then this, the second part is, is it comes down more to the architecture. And that's where also there is a big difference between Wi-Fi and LTE. A private wireless now networks effectively to function and be coordinated and provide this performance and mobility and everything else needs what's called a core network. And this is where there are different ways of providing the functions and feature of a core networks and the radio will be backhauling the data to. So to make it simple, um, you know, there's really a choice of three main architecture with a lot of variants in between, but let's try to keep it simple and, and down to three. So the first one is what we typically or the industry would call autonomous private wireless network, which effectively you have all the functions, including the core, the management and the application deployed locally at the industrial site itself. Uh, it could also be deployed at a headquarter with edge cloud deployed in each side, but then it becomes a bit more complex. So let's assume everything is deployed locally. And this is what we've, you know, been, this is a traditional private wireless architecture and is the one that we've been deploying since 2015. Then, you know, um, a bit more recently, uh, Nokia was the first to introduce what we call private wireless as a service. Uh, and, and this is where you, you effectively have almost all the parts of the core networks and the application deployed locally on an edge cloud server. But then the management piece, the management elements effectively sits uh, either you know, in, in, in the cloud uh, or, or, or in your own enterprise data center somewhere else. And effectively, that enable you to have effectively the benefit of private wireless without necessarily the complexity. So that's one model uh, which is becoming increasingly important. The final one is the one I would maybe describe as, uh, as core slicing, where uh, you only have the minimum of the core element and application that you need locally to ensure uh, you know, local enterprise data breakup, that means data doesn't come out of the enterprise, uh, reliability and low latency, but the rest of the core element are effectively uh, run by a service provider uh, in its own servers and cloud, leveraging the existing component on the existing uh, system. So effectively that could provide let's say, the, the lower cost option. So that's great. So, so Stefan, when does an enterprise then go all in with an autonomous kind of standalone option? And when do they go with a cloud-based as a service offer? And when do they ask for a, a piece of the action from the, from the public operator? Can, can we rationalize this? What are the benefits and weaknesses, if you like, of, of each of these three, three main types of private wireless solution? 
Yeah, this is uh, this is one where it's again very difficult to give a, a definite answer because uh, there are really no good or bad option here. It will really come down to each individual enterprise based on what they want, their strategy, the number of sites they need to serve, how critical the connectivity they need is, how reliable they want the system to be, and how involved they want to be in operating the network. So it, it's a bit, you know, of a challenge, and we really see, you know, in the market a, a combination of those three main approach. Uh, being very popular. But if we go back to the basic requirements of a private wireless network serving critical OT application, what, what those guys are looking for is reliability, good coverage, multi-user capacity, low latency, security, and basically all this really kind of provide that in a nutshell. Um, but when it comes to, in, when it takes security and data privacy, which is a very important factor, um, you know, in all options, this is you know, this is preserved because uh, the enterprise data so stay local in all of three of the options with what we call a local data breakout that functions on the site level and keeps the data within the LAN of the company. So that all of the solutions uh, serve that needs. Um, then the first two options fulfill, um, you know, all the needs. Um, and maybe I would say the, the, the third option, which is the core slicing, does provide a bit of a trade-off um, that could be acceptable for maybe the SME market that are not willing to invest that much for private wireless, or maybe when you know it's an enterprise where the, the application they're running are maybe a little bit less critical, the third option may be uh, you know a good one. So really, uh, you know, if you if you look at it starting from autonomous all the way to core slicing, I would say you know weighing the difference architectural option in kind of uh, in the opposite of total cost of ownership. So probably you know the initial capex and complexity is higher with an autonomous private wireless network, and as you move towards uh, you know, core slicing through private wireless, you, know, you, you effectively lower that a little bit uh, and lower also the total cost of ownership. So is there a linkage, Stefan, between the choice of the solution and the choice of channel? I mean, presumably there is some, and you know, some channels only offer certain options and others only want to offer certain options. Just, just talk around that a little bit. So yes, you're right. Um, so clearly when you take a look at you know, telecom uh, vendors such as Nokia, the, the focus is more on autonomous private wireless network and what we call private wireless as a service. Uh, these tend to be the, the solution that telecom vendors uh, tend to favor. But then if you look at the, the CSP, for example, we actually recommend and we see that quite a few CSP are really looking seriously at all three options as they, uh, you know, that, that, that provide really a solution that's fit for each of the sub-segment of the market. So in that sense, uh, you know, I would say probably the CSP are the one that will probably have say the wider offering uh, when it comes to uh, you know to, to private wireless networks. What, what's in interesting as well uh, you know to think about is depending on the choice of partner they would indeed be more leaning towards a cloud-based solution versus a, a, a dedicated uh, autonomous private wireless network that's deployed as standalone depending on who they're coming from. Uh, you know for example with uh, you know with Microsoft the digital automation cloud solution which is a cloud-based with edge uh, with edge server deployed locally, you know, is the favored solution for for Microsoft. What's also interesting is uh, when you start thinking about those models and you bring back the topic of spectrum. Um, what's interesting is, is, is if a CSP is going to offer all three options, they could also combine this different architecture model uh, with a certain spectrum tiering. So, for example, you could consider that the uh, autonomous private wireless option would be, they say, the, the gold offering, um, and that would be uh, leveraging, uh, you know, their own spectrum for the highest tier solution. 
private wireless as a service could be offered with both their own spectrum or vertical spectrum. And finally, you know, the core slicing uh, would just use, for example, multifier to provide a very attractive market proposition for the SME market. So there's also a combination there between, you know, the choice of solution and spectrum that could be used to create very interesting offering to the market to really uh, tackle all the different, uh, you know, sub-segments of the, of the enterprise space. And I just wonder, is there, is there, you know, is there a shift or a trend between these three architectures where perhaps the, the plug and play as a service option has kind of exploded the market kind of laterally, but, but works at the same time, perhaps as a, as a proving ground for more traditional looking network infrastructure? Yes, James, to a certain degree. I mean, and, and if we think about it and start again from the beginning, as, as we talked about before, it started all with autonomous private wireless networks, but over time we saw particularly last year, more and more demand for private wireless as a service. Uh, particularly for industrial sites, since it really meets all the requirements they, they need in terms of you know, confidentiality, reliability, and all the benefit of private wireless, but remove some of the, remove even more of the complexity of private wireless networks. Um, and you know, it's particularly obvious as well that private wireless as a service offer a very good solution with a lower entry cost and easier access because it's just a simpler solution. So any kind of trials or you know, initial validation deployment you know, private wireless is a very good way to, you know, to effectively test it out and, uh, and, and, and then continue on uh, afterwards as it's easy to then grow and scale later on. So I think private wireless as a service is probably, you know, uh, going to grow in size and in demand when it comes to industrial site, where probably autonomous will remain the favored option, uh, probably for larger networks. So, you know, as we talked about, when you have uh, industrial, you know, uh, sites like, you know, for, your, for utilities or for rail or even for public network, public safety, that needs both a coverage within a site, you know, within a power station and a substation or even a train station for the rail or, or shunting yards. Uh, but at the same time, need connectivity while out about and about for, you know, for in the grid and the rail. Then I would say the market will probably continue to favor autonomous private wireless because it's just more customizable, uh, you know, and, and can offer additional capability, plus give you, you know, the full control of the network. Um, so that's really where, you know, I see the market going in that sense. Uh, but at the same time, we've, you know, it's, it's also hard to give an answer in terms of where, <laughs> where the market trends are going, just because we've more and more CSP and partner entering the space. Um, you know, we see them as being a very good fit by, for example, the CSP for addressing the SME market. As we talked about, you know, the core slicing option that we talked about, that third option, may be a very attractive proposition uh, that will develop in volume uh, for addressing, uh, you know, the, the small and medium-sized companies that also want the benefit of private wireless networks, but don't necessarily have the, maybe the skill set. Uh, the capability uh, and want something that's kind of managed by a third party. So that may also be an area that we'll see more and more of in the future. All right. So, so that is all we have time for. We've skipped through and covered really a lot of ground and looked at some of the key issues which are really animating this sector and which make it it's so exciting to write about and talk about. Um, it is a complex debate, but one that is perhaps simpler when looked at in the round, you know, when all these aspects are taken together around types of coverage and types of supplier, types of solution, with the, you know, of course, with the availability of spectrum in the background as a clincher in some cases. But um, Stefan, look, it's been fascinating as always, and really great to catch up. 
and I look forward to our next conversation in a couple of weeks. So Stefan, thank you very much and we will see you next time.